Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 12 of Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to be reading Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. This is referring to the true believers who are said to be this woman that brought forth the man-child, the woman that fled into the wilderness where she was fed of God for the 1260 days or the entire New Testament church age period. God took care of her spiritual needs through the ministering of his word within the churches and congregations. And at the same time that Christ returned to the cross and and, uh, from the time of Satan's binding at the cross, Satan now had the church or the body of believers who had fled into the wilderness, to the place prepared for them by God, which was the institution of the church. Satan now had that church as the object of uh, his his anger and um, the, the object um, that he would come against again and again. He would attack the word of God as the word was uh, being cared for, uh, the the oracles of God were found within the New Testament churches and congregations. And, and uh, the accuser of the brethren now shifted his focus and his ire to those within the churches. And, and we read in verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The elect of God overcame Satan. This word, translated as uh, overcame, the Greek word, is a word we've seen several times already in the book of Revelation. Um, Here it's in uh, past tense, overcame, but we've seen it translated in uh, present, overcome. And it's a word, uh, Strong's number 3528, that means to prevail, conquer, and get the victory. And the elect of God, uh, the first fruits, those that were saved during the New Testament church age period, they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb. And... And that's why it's said that they overcame past tense. It's not looking back to the cross that occurred in 33 AD, but it's looking back to the point when the Lamb of God was slain. And the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. In Revelation chapter 13, it says in verse 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Now here, in this context, it's the 
pronoun is referring to the beast, who is Satan, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Everyone whose name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, and that uh, that book of life, which is a figure of speech to indicate God made choice before the world began. He predestinated certain people to become saved, and the rest he did not predestinate. And so it's as though he had a book and he wrote down every name of those that he intended to save. And uh, even though that would be a great multitude of people, very possibly as many as 200 million, yet uh, that would still leave an enormous number of people whose names were not recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And especially today, as the uh, population of the world has uh, mushroomed to over 7 billion people, and yes, God saved a great multitude out of the Great Tribulation, but let's say he saved 175 million or 190 million. That would still leave billions of people that had never become saved, and and they dwell upon the earth during the time of the Great Tribulation and now these days after, and their names are not written in the book of the Lamb, uh, who was slain from the foundation of the world, and therefore they did worship the beast during that period of time when uh, when Satan was victorious over the churches and and over the world and, until all official rule was taken from him. And, and so here in Revelation 12, they overcame him, God's elect, by the blood of the Lamb. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. That's when his blood was shed. Because if he was slain, that means he was killed at that point. His blood was shed then. And and the life is in the blood. Christ gave up his life from the foundation of the world. And that shedding of blood, that life that the Lord Jesus um, surrendered, at that point of the world's foundation, is what resulted in the people of God overcoming the uh, many obstacles, including Satan. They they uh, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now we we also see in uh, Revelation seven verse fourteen. And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is that which saves, that which cleanses and purifies and washes away sin, uh, according to the Bible. And, and so it is that salvation. Through Christ, through the work and faith of the Lord Jesus Christ alone, where he did all the work necessary and the sinner does nothing. Those that are truly saved, God's people, God's elect, did nothing to overcome 
um, Satan by the blood of the Lamb, but but the Lord Jesus Christ did it all. And then it goes on to say here in verse 11 of Revelation 12, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And and this links together Christ's sacrifice, again, it bears repeating, which took place before the world began, and God's people overcome by that sacrifice, and in addition, um, this is also in view, and by the word of their testimony. Why also by the word of their testimony? Because it's the word of God, the Bible, that that God uses to apply the blood to the sinner. That is, Christ died long ago before any man was born or created or or even the world was. And, and that's when his blood was shed, when he gave up his life. That's when he resurrected and rose from the dead, declared to be the Son of God. And as the Son, he created the world. And then the history of the world unfolded. Mankind fell into sin. God began to redeem his people and 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 so he started with let's say Abel God saved Abel he uh, as it were took the hyssop dipped it into the blood of Christ the lamb that was slain and applied it to the soul of Abel saving him and and yet that was accomplished through the hearing of the word of God. And God saved Noah, and God saved Abraham, and God saved Jacob, and God saved Isaac, and and so on. In down through history, through the word of God, the word of God uh, acted as the applicator of Christ's redemptive work, and, and the word of God brought the redemption through the word these people were redeemed and 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 so on all throughout history so the overcoming was accomplished by the blood of the lamb of course what the lord jesus christ did uh, when he was the lamb that was slain and died for um those that he uh, determined to save but also by the word of their testimony and and by the word of their testimony because the the word of god doesn't carry itself the word of god doesn't just uh float along or in the air well today um maybe we can say it does that through the electronic medium um it it is out there in the airwaves but how did it get out there in the airwaves it, it it doesn't just lift up from the Bible and take to the air, but God's people, God's people are utilized by God as he moves within them to accomplish his purpose, to will and do of his good pleasure. And it's always been God's good pleasure to send forth his word to perform what he would have it to perform. And in the day of salvation, it, 
It was to bring the message of the Bible into the nations of the world and uh, into the nooks and crannies, the the uh, cities and towns and and suburbs and and little back streets and down alleys of this earth. And God's word traveled far and wide. It went everywhere, especially towards the great climax of the end of uh, the Great Tribulation, when the latter rain was falling all over the earth, again, primarily through the electronic medium. And and so the word of God is is brought forth, it's carried by the people of God. And in uh, ancient times, literally, they had to carry it physically. It had to be uh, on them, in their possession, or in their heart or in their mind so they could share it and it could come forth out of their mouth. And by the word of their testimony, others would hear the Bible's message in conjunction with the work of Christ as that lamb slain from the foundation of the world being done on that person's behalf because uh, um, this individual happened to be one of those elect. And so... Uh, there was an overcoming. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it, it's always been a glorious task, a wonderful task to be involved in, in bringing the word of God. How beautiful are the feet of them that uh, bring these glad tidings of good news. Well, and, and then it goes on, um, actually... It does mention testimony here, just just a verse um, about testimony in the previous chapter, Revelation 11, verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now here in chapter 12, we're reading of the church age and and the testimony was intact, the testimony was in the midst of the congregations. And and that testimony was the word of God. And God's people carried that testimony in furthering and advancing the church in into um, the remote areas of the world. And, and at times they gave up their lives. But Revelation 11.7 is looking ahead to the end of the church age when the two witnesses... The, the witness of the Bible within the church comes to a conclusion. It comes to an end. Their testimony is finished at that point. That is at least through the church. The two witnesses then stand upon their feet after three and a half days and God has that final plan to evangelize the earth once again, one last time unto salvation and saving the great multitude in the second part of the Great Tribulation. But, uh, okay, let's go back here to verse 11 of Revelation 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. The people of God loved not their lives unto the death. And that's good, that they did not love their lives um, because God 
warns against that in John 12, in the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel. John 12, I'll start reading in verse 24, John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. He that loveth his life shall lose it. That is, if you love your uh, position, you, you love your place in this world, you love the things of the world, you, you do not want to give them up. You certainly do not want to take up your cross and follow Christ and live a life of sacrifice and suffering, a life where there is much tribulation to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a life where there is affliction for the word's sake, a life at this time where there was great tribulation, and now a life of severe testing as we go through the day of judgment. These things are not pleasant, and someone who loves their life is going to flee these things. They will not want to take up their cross. They will not want to suffer for the kingdom of heaven's sake, for Christ's sake, for the word's sake. They will not want to experience affliction and and trials and tribulation and and so forth it, it's grievous it, it's hard it's difficult it, it's a trying experience who in their right mind would want to live through these things and experience these things when they can have a life of ease they they cannot worry about what the bible says uh, or or at least not be all that concerned uh, to the utmost degree. I'll, I'll just relax a little bit, and and I'll accept more of what the church is teaching, and I'll and I'll accept more of the things of the world, and I'll be much happier, and I won't have such difficulties or trials. And and that's true. You can certainly, uh, if you start acting like the world or like the church, which is basically like the world today, if you return to them. And if you start behaving as they behave, well, you'll you'll undoubtedly get along much better in this world as you live your life, and you'll be much more comfortable, and uh, you'll you'll uh, be much more at ease, and so forth, uh, because the world loves its own, and Satan isn't interested in coming against those that really don't identify with the truth of the word of God. And if you start giving in to the lusts of the flesh and your sinful desires, even that battle within yourself will die down. And, well, yes, I know someone might be saying, well, what kind of advice is this? And believe me, I'm not giving anyone this uh, or that kind of advice to go to the world. It, it It isn't worth it at all, not in the least bit it, it, to have all the world. And, and as uh, Jesus says, uh, what does a prophet a man if he gains the whole world 
and loses his own soul. And that's, of course, what's in view here by they love not their lives unto the death. They did not choose to satisfy their flesh, to please their physical desires, to take care of their body over the desires of the Spirit and and what God desires through His Word, the Bible. But rather they put to death their body, not literally, but spiritually, as God commands. In Colossians chapter 3, Colossians 3, it says in verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Now the word mortify, the, the Greek word translated as mortify, is uh, here strong, Strong's 3499, nekrao. It's only found three times in the New Testament, once as mortify and twice as dead. In Romans 4.19, um, speaking of Abraham, considered not his own body now dead. And also in Hebrews 11, verse 12, referring to Abraham, him as good as dead. So mortify here means dead. Mortify therefore, or mortify therefore your members, which would be uh, our physical body, our flesh, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Put these things to death. If you want to kill the flesh, if you're truly sick and tired of your life, and you know how... We, we can get so weary and tired. I'm just tired of living, tired of living. I want to die. Well, if you really want to die, then put to death your flesh. And the way to put to death the flesh is to put to death the sins of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. When, when you turn away from uh, these things, the the inordinate affection, fornication, or whatever it is, we know what our sins are. When we turn away from it, we're starving the flesh. We're uh, we're not pleasing our flesh. We're not satisfying our flesh. It's as though we've taken a sword and and plunged it into the flesh. When we turn away from sin, in Romans chapter eight. It says, and this also uses the English word mortify, in Romans 8, I'll read verses 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. That That's what it means to take up your cross and, and to die to oneself. It's to mortify the deeds of the body. Now, this Greek word 
translate as mortify, is 2289, and, and I would pronounce it as thanato. It's a different Greek word than the one in Colossians. But this word also means to become dead or to be put to death. This same word is found in Romans 7, 4, where it says that we're become dead to the law. It's the same word as in 1 Peter 3.18, put to death in the flesh. And again, um, put to death the deeds of the body. Kill yourself by killing the deeds of the body, by killing these sins. That This is uh, the only suicide that the Bible would allow. Uh, of course, we're never to kill ourselves physically. We're never to take our own life. But as far as our flesh is concerned and our evil desires, the things that are contrary to the law of God, the the way we lived our life in time past, the way the world lives its life, which is normal to them. It was normal for us. And, and yet many of these things may still be in our life, even though we've begun to listen to the Bible and desire to do the will of God. And, and perhaps God has graciously given us that inward ongoing desire to do his will and and that's a result of his spirit within us well then through the spirit the spirit of god that indwells us now and empowers us you know the spirit of god is almighty he is god and through that spirit not our weak spirit not our miserable Self, but through that powerful Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ that indwells us, put to death, mortify the deeds of the body, and then we shall live. Because, of course, it's an indicator, it's a strong evidence we have become saved, and as we're, uh, we're now turning from these sins. And, and that's what this verse is referring to at the end of Revelation 12, 11. They love not their lives unto the death. Not only is this, uh, speaking of martyrs, yes, there, there is that aspect to it where, uh, people have given up their lives for the sake of bringing the gospel to others. And, and and they love not their lives unto the death in that respect, and and that uh, has happened, and and maybe will continue to happen. But also, God's people love not their lives individually. In this spiritual battle, we're each involved with unto the death, and we're willing by the grace of God and by the power of God. To put our self to death. Our self being the deeds of our flesh. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. 
For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.